Traveling the Vortex. We've joined a doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 247. Missy and Davros, maybe the doctor's arch enemies, but Marbles is Arbors. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Don't swallow marbles. How are you guys? I couldn't figure out what you were talking about there for a minute when, I, when you said don't swallow marbles. Okay. I figured I needed to throw that in there. Marbles is our borders. Back out loud. I think the snake won up the marbles. Yeah, maybe, but he seemed to get over that just fine. <laughs> he did. I think, I think had the doctor I, not I saved think, him from the marbles or the splinter, he would have died. No, I think he would have survived. He wasn't really, <laughs> he wasn't human anyway, so well, that's, anymore. That's true, anymore, yeah. <laughs> We don't know when that happened either. True. And he's still a bit of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> should we talk a little bit about Comic-Con? We're not going to talk about our panel much, but we should. that was one of the things we did this weekend. So yeah. let's uh, talk a little bit about Comic-Con. Not, maybe not spend not a lot Comic-Con. of time on it. Or, uh, Top-Con. Top-Con. Not, not spend a lot of time <laughs> on it. But, um, well, you fr- guys were there Friday. So Friday morning we started. Uh, we met down there. I actually got there a little late because my mom was having car troubles, but I think it was only a couple minutes late. And a meet and greet with um, about a, half a dozen people mm-hmm. in the room. And just Which I think would have been Dr. more because if, if you noticed as the, the it went on, more people kind of yeah. showed up a little bit later. I think well, the, you had two that showed right, way at the end, so we would have had eight. <laughs> well, nine. Possibly even more than that. I just I think, you know, quote-unquote, drawing the short straw by having an 11 o'clock Friday morning uh, meet and greet. Whovians were like, I'm not getting up in the morning. Well, we, we had eight because the two guys that came in talked about Time Eddie, and so then two more after that, so we would add ten. Mm. Eh, That's half a dozen. Anyway. Um, half a dozen to a dozen. Half a dozen to a dozen. That's a nice range. Are you happy with that? Can I say that? <laughs> we'll, I'll work with it. We had about a dozen. I'll work and, with uh, it. Uh, well, everybody was really, really cool about, yeah, we need to do some more stuff here in Topeka and, you know, thrilled to hear us which was cool and then um so uh, what else was friday i don't know because i had to go to work oh that's right you left to go to work <laughs> um we met up with robert friend friend of the show yeah. local author uh robert collins no relation i didn't mean to put him before we left yeah and uh and uh, so i got to talk with him for a little bit and then we met up with uh friend of the show eric collins no relation also known as dalek dad also known as dalek also dad known red as dalek creator of red dalek uh, who came down and brought Red Dalek and the TARDIS uh, that his dad apparently uh, helped him build, which was awesome. Oh, his dad built it. Well, his yeah, dad his dad built, built the TARDIS. He, yeah. His dad helped, his dad him, helped him with Red Dalek. Red Dalek. Um, they called him Granddad Dalek. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think Dalek Granddad. I think for this year, I think uh, uh, TopCon had a really good thing going on. Uh, they were in a new spot and, and yeah. definitely took advantage of it. It was a little kind of spread out hither and yon just because there was also a wedding going on that weekend that kind of took up the main yeah, I think had the wedding not been there it would have been a much smoother uh, yeah. experience well the good news is next year if, if you join us at topcon welcome to the show this is kind of how it works uh and, and next year they've already kind of announced that they'll be back at the ramada but they have that that ballroom area because yeah, I'm, I'm i i'm I think because they couldn't have the biggest ballroom, they had to split up the vendors yeah. into two different areas and then have another panel room upstairs and then kind of a panel room downstairs. So very spread out. And I think next year, if they can keep it all on one floor, it'll be a, a much more, I don't know the right word. I'm tired. Cohesive. Yeah, a cohesive convention. Uh, and perhaps the panels and the other events will be a little better attended. Yeah. 
Yeah, the first day was hard to find anything. Yeah. And I finally put some signs up the second day. Yeah. Um, second day, we did our uh, watch-along, our Friday Night Who on Saturday morning, which was um, The Rescue, which was the Hartnell story where they meet Vicky. And we had a pretty good attendance for that. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, it started kinda out kind of slow, but by the yeah, well, by at least the halfway in. mark, it was pretty much a Once full Once people room. found the room, they trickled <laughs> in. And, uh, of course, I, I didn't watch any of it because I spent all that time setting. Well, first of all, trying to get on the silly Wi-Fi <laughs> because my the way my computer was set up, it was not letting me open the page that I needed to open to put the <laughs> number in. And when I finally got it figured out and then setting mics up and everything because I wanted to be ready to go and yeah. set up when we were done, which I think happened, happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. So. And we did our uh, live podcast, and I want to thank uh, both Lisa and Brittany, who I know for certain listened in, and we had four, actually, listeners, according to the Mixler website. So we had a little widget on our website in the side corner. You could click on that. We put a little uh, note out before we went live saying that we were going live, and then I believe Mixler sends out a uh, tweet saying that we're live. And so mm-hmm. some people saw that, got on there, and, and got to listen to the show live which we recorded as well and will be going out this week on the feeds. It will be a additional side trip, even though we recorded it as a podcast. I had forgotten we still had to do another podcast because <laughs> we were reviewing The Magicians of Trip Prentice. That was the best thing. Glenn was all kinds of, now we're done. <laughs> That's it for this week. We don't have to record anything this week. It's like we kind of have some big things we need to cover this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then on uh, Saturday night, we went back and they, we had the the showing, the premiere showing of uh, Doctor Who: The Magician's Apprentice, the first episode of series one, which series had nine? a nine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> which <laughs> which is number one in Glenn's heart. Apparently, I'm, yeah. <laughs> apparently, I'm tired. Spoilers too. for his review. Um, <laughs> and we had quite good, great turnout with that. Prior yeah. to that, however, <laughs> there was some. Time issues, which Keith fortunately brought to everybody's attention early enough in the day that we realized that the premiere uh, viewing was set up for 9 o'clock, which is the Eastern Time viewing on BBC America. And so we kind of scrambled a little bit, and Gypsy, who was in charge of the um, uh, convention, was kind of trying to run through his head, what could we do? Can we move this? Can we do this? And finally, I think I said, well, if we had a DVR, we could just DVR it. And then play it later. And he was like, that's what we'll do. Let me see. And so he went and apparently he found that the hotel had a DVR. So Sean and I, because we had gone to dinner. We had all gone to dinner, but yeah. you guys went home to walk the dog. We went to the house, picked Jesse up. And as we were coming back, I said, we probably should be there at 8 o'clock just in, or before 8 o'clock just in case. And we, we had gotten there like things. right at 8 o'clock. And I was so afraid that they had decided, well, we'll go ahead and do this at 8 o'clock. Instead of 9 o'clock, because they had already moved the cosplayer um, contest. And so I was like, so Sean and I go downstairs, hurry down there, and we open the door, and they've got BBC America going. But there's like a smattering of people, maybe six people just sitting in there. And the guy at the door said, we're recording it now for the uh, official, screen. official screening at 9. And so they were doing the, it was the, the, the episode Christmas. before that was the, the Christmas episode. Yeah, last Christmas. And Glenn so, suddenly, as soon as he said that, Glenn suddenly went, Twink. <laughs> that means we could sit in here and watch it now. <laughs> and and I, Sean, him, and Han. I did. I was like, ah. Because, of course, I mean, it was a no-brainer. I was going to watch it now. But it was like, do I want to watch it now? Do I want to watch it with a room full of people? <laughs> so I said here. to him, you got two minutes to decide. And I said, because I'm staying. <laughs> That's what a sneak peek. 
I'd say, because if I watch it now, then I can watch the reaction of everybody else watching it at 9 o'clock. <laughs> and maybe pick up things you didn't get the first time. So I scurried up through. to the... Yeah, that was what I did. And then I, So I scurried up to the front, front row, <laughs> and sat down. And Sean said, well, I'm going to go get the girls. So he went and got Mel and, and uh, Jesse and brought them back. And you, you, I think you missed like the first minute. I missed the first minute, but I, yeah, I caught I that mean, on the replay. Oh, it was, it was, and it was real quick. It was real quick. <laughs> And so we all sit there in the front row, and Sean and I just kept going, <laughs> looking at each other like, oh, <laughs> which is funny because then when everybody filed in the room, you know, Gypsy's saying, okay, no spoilers, because he knew there were six of us already in there watching. He said, no spoilers, and we had to sit down, and he handed out tickets. And Sean, I know it was, it was after we got started, Sean looked over at me and goes, I feel like the kid that peaked at his Christmas presents before everybody else got to open presents. <laughs> I know what you're getting. I know what you're getting. <laughs> that was fun. We'll talk a little bit more about the Magician's Apprentice here shortly, but um, that was it. I went yeah. back today. I took Mason today. We went down there for just about an hour because we had done everything. We didn't have anything that we were doing as a podcast. Yeah. So I took Mason down there, and we walked you know, the dealer floor, and he got some pictures with Red Dalek and the TARDIS inside and out. Um, we found a. Oh, we, at first, we thought it was Chewbacca, but it's actually a Jedi Wookiee because he's carrying a uh, lightsaber around. He's, it doesn't have the. Band- I saw his head. He doesn't have the. Uh, uh, the bandolier. Bandolier. He's got. It's got. He's got a. What looks like a bandolier, but it's got. It doesn't have the cartridge pouches in uh-huh. it. It's got like flat, long pouches, and then he's got like a belt on. So I think he's supposed to be like a Jedi Wookiee. Huh. Um, but he got pictures with that. He got pictures with the Cylon because the eye bought. Oh, they were doing the Cylon. Doing the Cylon today when we got there. It's still such a cool costume. (laughs) (laughs) And then we got uh, he we walked around the the room. He uh, found a couple of comic books that he wanted. Uh, We got a we were handing out free Flash posters today. We we stole one from the table. Did you? Yeah, we got one too. (laughs) Uh, He he picked one up and well, legitimately picked one up because he paid. But (laughs) well, Sarah did too. No, that's true. You got your. She paid for today. Uh, went downstairs, walked around, and looked at some of the stuff that was down in the basement. And we we left. Yeah, I mean, it was, it would, he was done. I mean, we were like an hour was good enough. Yeah, so we, we went, went by uh, this afternoon for like ten minutes because uh, by the time because we got there probably three thirty and it was pretty empty. Uh, not a lot of people, and a lot of the vendors were already packing up too. So. Saturday was a big day. There was a lot yeah, of people. There was a lot of Saturday was a really and it was a good day was, for them. I yeah. think that was the day that everybody decided to come. And I kind of wonder if a lot of those people were people from last year that knew it was only one day. Thought it was only going to be Thought it was only going to be one day this year because as Sean kind of pointed out, there was maybe just not enough advertising until the very last push. And um, you know, when you're when you're you're a con in its infancy, you know, you got money constraints, you got... And I think oh, yeah. uh, because we were sponsors, the t- when I say we, the TV station was sponsors. I, think I saw got TV some, advertisements. Yeah, they got free TV advertisements and everything, yeah. too. So, I, th- I think it was a great... Uh, having not gone last year, I think it was a great uh, convention, especially for a second year one, trying to expand out the three days. Um, there, were, there were small hiccups along the way, but they were very good about uh, trying to adjust and compensating to to make it work a little better and a little smoother. And I think next year it'll be even smoother. That's the one problem that I, I kind of go back to with three day cons is that you, you start everything off on a Friday morning. And of course, you know, well, normal people have to work and yeah. especially kids in, are in a, school, especially in a state town, but people are at work and kids are in school and everything like that. So Friday, you kind of anticipate being a little slower, at least until the evening, then maybe you'll get a little bump, but you know, you don't, you don't plan on much. Saturday obviously is always the big yeah. day. And it was steady all day. Long. And it was, it was, it was huge. 
And then, um, you know, with Sundays, Sundays are kind of, they could go either way. The problem is for everybody that has the three day event ticket by Sunday, you're all exhausted and drained. <laughs> when and you've just seen like, everything, cause it's yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah. an intimate con. It's yeah. not a huge con. Unless there are panels you want to go to on Sunday. There's exactly. almost, which was one of my gripes that I thought that the panels were very redundant on Sunday. And well, most of it was the film festival. Yeah, stuff. The and film festival so and, and gaming related panels. If you weren't involved with the film festival or weren't excited or, or coming there specifically for the films, then, you know, that was, that was, which is a shame. Cause I, I would have liked to have gone to a couple of the ones that were on, on Saturday, like the one that Robert was on. They had a couple of the authors, they had Robert and James Panel. Young and the panels yeah, or the panels. Uh, but he was opposite. He of was us. on opposite us, so it's like, "Well, oh, sorry, dude, I can't." He's well, I'm sorry, I can't come to yours. I'm like, "Well, I can't come to yours either." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, overall, vast improvement over last year. Not that last year was bad, but you know, they, they're they're moving in the right direction and going through good. And I, I'm very encouraged to see something like this happen in Topeka and yeah. and kind of pick up some steam. Funny story: we went back just briefly, um, kind of at the end after you guys had even already left, and, and as they were wrapping things up, because I had to go back obviously and pick up the sign and you know, yeah. some of the other. Uh, bits and bobs that we'd uh, we'd left there. Um, we've been dealing with phones all day, it's just a nightmare stuff. But we went to Verizon, and after a very poor experience there, wound up over at Sprint to possibly look at switching over phones. I was recognized at both places by people who worked there from the podcast. Oh, good! From oh. from the panel this weekend, like oh, oh yeah. because they saw you know I was wearing this, and they kind of looked at the shirt, and then they looked at me and went, "Hey, you're." Uh, <laughs> Did I see you yesterday? I was like, oh, yeah. And they said very nice things about us. Okay. So, that, oh. that, you know, we, we are literally infamous. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Sean and I had a guy recognize us in the dealer room who was selling stuff. And he says, you guys do a podcast, right? Yeah. He says, you look really familiar. He says, yeah, we do Traveling the Vortex. He says, I've seen, I think I've seen pictures of you guys. Like, yeah, we've got pictures on our webpage. Yeah, okay, that's where I know you from. So where we're, we're becoming... Infamous. That's where we were talking. We first started talking about being infamous. Oh. <laughs> we're not just famous. We're, we're in- infamous. <laughs> so yeah, three days, um, twelve hundred people. Is that what we saw? Um, what was the final number you had? I don't have it back. Twelve seventy six or something like that. that. Almost thirteen. No, sixteen. Oh, sixteen. It was 16. sixteen something. Yeah, that's right. Because um, it was double, more than double of last year, which was about seven hundred. I think is what wow. we had seen. So. More than twice as many people. Of course, triple the number of days <laughs> to attend, but um, lots of elbow room, which I liked. It was yeah. better. I mean, Quincy's, Quincy Street Station was great last year. Um, I think they were quite caught off guard that there was going to be that many people. <laughs> and so I think that's, it was great that they went to the larger this venue. And I liked, I liked having the elbow room for it. Yeah. And, 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 and despite the fact that everything was spread out, as we mentioned next year when they do it, if they get everything in that one area – It'll be much better, but it's it, the Ramada Inn is really a good location for it because they've got yeah. that atrium area that really can accommodate for a lot of people. Even if you're not in one of the like dealer room or panel, it's, room it's a great hangout area. It really is, yeah. and I think that's they had like the gaming they had tabletop perfect. games yeah. in the right spot. I thought being yeah, around absolutely. the fountain down there, and they had I mean they had tables laid out, and I think that everyone I drive I drive I'd walk by there, and there was at least two thirds of that that gaming area oh, full yeah. every time I went by on Saturday. Now I didn't I didn't see a lot of people there today. There but. was at least one full table when I was there. So today. they had a good area. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot, honestly, of. Uh, Starfest in Denver. Now, obviously, that mm-hmm. one was 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 bigger. But as far as the kind of still small, intimate, one hotel, one setting, 
imagine if all of it was TopCon and you had people hanging stuff from the railings over the atrium <laughs> where there were banners yep. and stuff like that. That That's kind of the vibe you got from this. Now, if you crammed, I don't know, 3,000 people into that hotel, that's a little more realistic for what they were doing. But it's, yeah. it's just kind of got that right. same. So I'm hoping that we can get there and 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 slowly work the well, way once up the ladder. We, once, we, once they get that big room, I mean, 3,000 people will be pretty easy to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really. And uh, we want to – I think we all had a great time. We want to thank uh, Gypsy and Debbie for – inviting us back this year as guests and yeah. we, we hope to be able to do it again next year we're all on board for for certainly doing it again next year and we'll look forward to it so absolutely and thank you to everybody involved who, who came out and made it a success and yep. just a good good thing yeah go good on you topeka should we move on to feedback no we got no. news do you, uh, oh i'm sorry Kyle, why don't you <laughs> There I'm going to quit moving this play, this thing along because I always He's get trying something. really hard. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. Yeah. Sorry. Well, first bit of news. Uh, there was no big news this week, right? Uh, no, no big news. No big like, news. It's not like Doctor Who came back this ah. week. <laughs> or not like a, a staple of the show for the last two years is leaving or anything. <laughs> Oh, wait. Say wait. what? Somebody's leaving? <laughs> Who's leaving the show? The BBC has officially. Conf- I hope it's not Missy. Oh, did I uh, telegraph something there? (laughs) The BBC has officially confirmed that Jenna Coleman is leaving the show. They're not saying when, just during this season. And it's confirmed that she's already filmed her last bits. So, at some point in time in season nine, it's the end of it. Now, if you've seen the episode for this week, that might have been it. (laughs) I don't think so. I'm willing to bet probably not. But. <laughs> oh, I'll have I'll have comments on why it's not the last we'll see ever. Well, we see her in the trailer for the full season, but it's true. Unless it's a flashback. <gasps> Even if I hadn't seen the full trailer, I'll. Tell you why. <laughs> I, I, I can point out to why also. Yeah. So, what do you guys think of her departure? Um, I'm I'm fine with it. I I absolutely love Clara. I think she. I I, I have. I have never poo-pooed her performance. I've never poo-pooed her, the character. I know you guys had some reservations. Now, don't don't deny it. You had some reservations back when they. Uh, what was the one with the spoonheads and you know the the great intelligence? Oh well, the, yeah. That's just because we like the Victorian Clara the, so uh, much. The I, and, I never and, and, I, and uh, I never had yeah. any sort of reservations about Clara at all, and I've thoroughly enjoyed her. That being said, had she decided to leave last year, I think that think that, that would have been a perfect thing. point for her to depart. Even, even Christmas would have been a fine And so when it was confirmed that she was sticking around, I was ecstatic because I thought, yeah, I'd like to see some more Clara They Oswald. were getting great chemistry. But too. I was, I had already... Kind of said goodbye to her. Oh, yeah, I had already yeah, come to the expectation that she was leaving, and so I was okay with her departure, and I was okay with the, the fact that she was leaving. So now I'm already prepared for her leaving, so the, the news that she is leaving isn't It's not a, that surprising. Yeah, it does, it's not as much of a gut punch as maybe it was yeah. last time that she, they, she thought she would leave the show. I'm so grateful that she worked it out and decided that she would go ahead and come back for another year because she did intend to leave last year. She said that. Even Moffat said that. Yeah, she even had intended to leave. They were... And so I, I was, I'm so grateful that we're going to get more Clara. It's even one of those things that for some reason that she left in the middle of the season, 
uh, the, the series nine. Or, that, that, uh, yeah, series nine. I kind of hope that's what happens. I, I would. That'd be it would be different. Departure. Yeah. Absolutely. Although the pawns left halfway through series eight oh, or true. seven. So, yeah. oh, but seven was also split in the middle. It was so it still kind of felt but, like an well, ending. So it, you know, it, so if she even if she leaves in the middle, I think if they do it well and it's done great, and then yeah, absolutely, and 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 good luck to her. Um, you know, to all of her endeavors. It sounds like she's already got a yeah. role on a Sky TV uh, series. ITV. ITV. Yeah, ITV. She's going to be playing Queen, Queen somebody. Which Queen? Victoria? One, one of the Queens. One of the Queens. <laughs> that shows her history there. Freddie Mercury? <laughs> <laughs> Brian May. Uh, <laughs> nobody wants to play Brian May. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I kind of, I'm in the same boat. I was prepared to say my goodbyes at Christmas and watching the Christmas special as we, we, we reported, we kind of felt like it was kind of like we got two false departures and and it's going to be hard to top because both of those two departures would have been very satisfying. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to make another satisfying departure. Agreed. I'm also, while the, her first bit with, uh, season seven, she was the plot device because she was the impossible girl and had all that, you know, to, to, to deal with. Then seeing her with eight, I was really hoping that we were, okay, now she can finally become a companion in, in and of her own right and not be that. But it still kind of felt like she was shunted into that role because we're going to have this relationship with Danny. It was Danny. just a different You're going to be the girlfriend. But yeah, we're, we're basically going to kind of redo what we did with Pawn Life. We're going to have you coming and going and being picked up and trying to deal with juggling this whole thing, which was fine. It was It was great. But I still don't feel like she ever reached that status, you know? And then it looked like she was going, and she said she might be going. And then she said, yeah, she's probably going. And then, you know, okay, Christmas comes, and she's gone. It's like, okay, oh, but she's not. She's decided to stick around. And it just felt like that ending was tacked on. So while there's a part of me that, yes, I will be sorry to see Clara go, because like Glenn, I really do enjoy her. I I think Jenna Coleman does a fantastic job on the show. I'm kind of ready. It's like, yeah, okay. This one just didn't, she just didn't grab me maybe the way I was hoping that she would after her impressive debut. You know, in in Asylum, and second impressive debut in, in, <laughs> in, in the, the Snowman. Snowman. Eh. So, bring on some new blood. Yeah. Yep. Do you guys have any ideas of who you would like to see Missy. step into the role? <laughs> I, what they did with with Scream of the Shaka, where the master was traveling around with the doctor, I want that. Oh, yeah. I want Capaldi and Missy together. Uh, I've got some theories on to who uh, I think should or would be and could be a great companion. So. Um, maybe I'll talk about that a little bit, but not yet. <laughs> I don't know whether to talk about maybe it now. Later. I don't know whether to talk about it while we review Magician's Apprentice. I don't know whether to talk about that when we review another certain episode with a certain guest star who also happens to be an actress in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some theories. Not going to happen. We'll see. No. I think there's a reason why... Um, Maisie Williams' character recognizes the Doctor. And I don't think it's because... Well, I don't think it's because she was a supposed to be a Time Lady, but maybe ended up being and coming a Time Lady. Nope. Because of circumstance. Nope. I, I know why. <laughs> I flat out have my... I, I will put it in an envelope and we'll, we'll open it up when that episode airs because I, I flat out am convinced that I'm right this time. But I'm not going to talk about it now. <laughs> Just like I'm flat out convinced that I, I knew what was going to happen a little bit in this episode and <laughs> nailed it. 
Not that it lessened <sighs> the impact of no, it for me at all. But. What other news? Uh, other news, Doctor Who Game Maker has launched, so go out there and make your own game and let other people play it. Have fun with it. If you don't know what that is... What is that? <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's an online game where you can create your own. You can, in minutes, users can create a fun game from scratch or use one of a selection of templates to help them get started. And they include classic game formats with the Doctor Who twists. So it's basically kind of like, almost like Little Big Planet, where you can create these levels and games or, or Super Mario Maker that's coming out. Where you create, it's already out. Or it's already, already out, out yeah. yeah. Where you can create levels of Doctor Who games and put them out there for people to play. On what platform is this? It's on, it's on, your, it's on your browser. It's a web-based game. <gasps> What's the address? The address. Wake me when you get to the reviews. BBC.co.uk <laughs> slash Doctor Who Game Maker. .uk backslash Doctor... <laughs> Just Google search Doctor Who Game Maker. Who and you'll be able to pull it up maker. and make a game. Page not found. Man. Just Google search it. Uh, other news, so we can get on to our reviews... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some more information has surfaced, surfaced, surfaced for the Underwater Menace DVD. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, see? Uh, in the latest uh, Doctor Who magazine that hit shelves a couple days ago, um, they released more details including fully restored episodes and confirmation of how we're getting episodes one and four. Which will be telesnap reconstructions. Nailed it. It also gives off a list of bonus I mean, features, which we it. already. Knew. Yes, you did. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yay! Oh. <laughs> but boo. Yeah. And everything else that was confirmed by. Uh, yeah, all, all the all the bonus features we already knew that that even uh, to entertain I think had said long ago that they had done. When it went on uh, hold. And then our last bit of news. We've been getting a lot of Torchwood Audio news lately. And this bit, for me at least, was the most surprising, even though if I'm not very excited by it. <laughs> at this, at now it's even more intriguing to me. They're bringing back a character on the show, on Torchwood. On the audios. On the audios. Tracy Ann Oberman is back. If you're questioning who that was... Susie? No. No. Yvonne Hartman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Torchwood uh, one leader. Yeah. Yeah, and that died in the... The the Canary Wars Canary Wars. leader. Yeah. Yeah, they're bringing her back for a story. Well, she was cyber-converted, so we don't know that she actually died. Well, she did. She was shot by the (laughs) Cybermen, but... Or not the Cybermen, the uh, Daleks. I'm I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see a bit more origin of Jack's branch, of how he winds up going over there by her involvement. So this won't possibly take take place past Miracle Day then? This will probably be early on then. I would would assume so because I don't see how... They they could bring Susie back. All of the rest of them, I believe, that they've announced have been... Okay, so plan to be set post Miracle Day. Okay, so here's the description. You ready for this? I bet they'll do a flashback sequence. I bet it all takes place linearly after Miracle Day, but then they'll we'll flash back to yeah the beginning. Ooh, it's also going to have Dan Stark and Katrin Stewart in it. 
Catron's Jenny, but not as their own characters. Their right. Characters. Uh, it's been three weeks since the mayor of Cardiff was killed by sh- a shop dummy, and the fight is on to see who will replace him. Yvonne Hartman is visiting the city to retrieve an invaluable alien device. She's in charge of Torchwood One. She's saving the British Empire. Doesn't care about local politics, but she's going to find herself caught up in that fight. There's a bloodthirsty alien stalking the streets, and there's a special offer on the all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. <laughs> it's the 26th of March, 2005, and it's the day that everything changes. Ooh, cool. So it's it sounds fully set. Well, I'm much more past. intrigued then about Torchwood, because I'd like to see some of that, or hear some of that uh, backstory. I so, think that's going to be cool. Uh, there's, it will be released in December, so it's part of Series 1. And Jack still got his vortex manipulator at that point, so uh, <laughs> he might pop around. He might. That's it for news. All right. Well, we don't have a Doctor Who legacy tip of the week, so we'll move. However, on the first episode for Series Nine has dropped now. I was going to. Oh, has it? Yeah, that's right. Sunday night. Yeah, I had. I, I got a notification I saying that. Um, I was going to take this opportunity to tell you that I'm done with Sonic Adventures. <laughs> Finish that one. Done with that. That's your Doctor Who legacy tip of the week. Catch up to me. <laughs> I'm sure Timeler Ben's already blown through everything. <laughs> He's probably maxed out all his characters and everything already. That's the one thing I'm working on again now is just boosting everybody back up. Uh, it's it's and, funny you say that because Mel's got this thing where she's she's. Like, you know, with a new phone, I've got to get this new phone, I've got to get this new phone. She says, what am I going to do with my legacy stuff? Because when you switch well, it's over... Android. It's still but Android. When you switch over, you, you switch over crystals in your... You, it'll you save your gameplay, yeah. but you lose all your stuff. And I you, said, you still get your progress for your character. I said, well, what are you going to do? She says, I think I'm just going to blow through everything. I'm just going to upgrade everybody. I'm going to blow through my oh, whole yeah. lot and do just, it and just, just use it. Spend it, it all. And I was like, well, yeah, do that. Absolutely. That's the smart thing to do. Yeah. So... I think she's going to do that. <laughs> do, do it wisely. Um, I also am halfway through the s- season two of the expert levels. And I blew through the first three and I thought, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. And then I got to the fourth one and I went, <laughs> I can't beat this thing. So I'm, I'm still working out what team. Because luckily now, uh, for now, until I get further along, it's just the doctor that they assign you. And then mm-hmm. the rest of your team can be whoever you choose. And so I just haven't found the right balance of the team in order to do this one. So I'm halfway there, halfway there. Well, let's move on to feedback. First up in feedback is Chrissy. She writes, back, not dead, never mind. Dear Vortex Boys, before I get into my thoughts on the Magician's Apprentice, I just wanted to mention that I saw the little video Sean put together to advertise the podcast, and I love it. Thank you, Chrissy. And I love how you incorporated a bunch of your previous adventures in a video into the clip. That's all. All right. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, head over to our website and check it out. Yes, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and Sean's being very humble about it every time. Mixie, he, he used a template, but he did it so superbly that it's such a joy to watch. Agreed. As I said, my original plan was going to be this. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of pared it down to this, but I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's been a blast. Already, and, and when you showed it at TopCon, the crowd seemed to really enjoy it, too. They were confused, but they enjoyed 
Is this really what this show is about? They're what? pouring water on each other. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Go check it out if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, Chrissy continues. All right, let's delve into the topic at hand. The Magician's Apprentice. Well, it's a good thing you guys did a huge Davros Dalek discussion fairly recently. That sure came in handy with this episode. <laughs> Though, for sure, those of us... But for those of us who listen to the Big Finish story, I, Davros... We should sound the spoiler warning at this point. I realize we haven't done that. There may be people who are tuning in that have not yet watched it. It is our policy that once an episode airs, it's fair game to talk about. We're not going to spoil anything ahead of time, but once it's been on the air, then we will talk about it. So I just just want to throw that out there that from this point on, you're going to hear about The Magician's Apprentice. (laughs) Episode one of season nine. Pause now, go watch it, and then come back. And That's it is right. available. They've, they, they've made it available online yes. through uh, BBC America's website. Yeah. And I heard that BBC America also has a YouTube. Oh, uh, really? Which doesn't, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me, but that is like up it's, there. It's available free it's on available, their website, yeah. too? Yeah. Wow. You don't have to be a member of the season whatever. They're, the they're throwing it out there. Say. for. It is free on their website, but it's also on YouTube right now. So go go watch if you haven't already. Okay. Yeah. End of speech. Continue. <laughs> Uh, for those of us who listen to the Big Finish story, I Davros, I sure hope this episode doesn't mess up that continuity. Then again, continuity issues in Doctor Who? Never! <laughs> Truly, the return of Davros was one of the best kept secrets. It was a complete surprise to me, but I managed to avoid too many spoilers going into this. So there's that. What else? Tons of callbacks, both from Classic and New Who. When I saw the Maldivorium came up on the screen, I thought for sure we'd see Dorium again. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Alas, nothing doing. But there were lots of other alien species, so that was cool. Also, for the Shadow Proclamation, even cooler that they got the same lady to play the leader there. That was neat. Karn was good to see again, though it hasn't been quite as long since we saw the Sisterhood. And, of course, all those Daleks, including blue and silver Daleks from the 1960s. I went back to look closer at them, and they looked like they could be the original props from the black and white serials. The construction isn't quite as sleek as the new ones, which isn't a bad thing, of course. I thought of Sean when the special weapons Dalek made his cameo. I swear I could hear that man, hear the Major Squeen, hear Major Squeen all the way from Topeka. <laughs> you, you did. Yep. I tried to keep it in. I think I blew out an eardrum. <laughs> just, <laughs> the pressure just built up. As excited up and, as I was to see the special weapons all, like the, I think the, the blue and silver ones were the, the squee factor for me. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm not used to seeing them blue. <clears throat> just something about seeing them in color. We never saw them before. <laughs> Good point. Excellent point. <laughs> but just knowing that that's what they're from. They had a lot of episodes. Special weapons all, it's been in two. Now three. three. Yeah. Now three. Three now, yes. Ganging up on all of you. So they pulled them out of the asylum, or there's more than one? I would assume there's more than one. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make them a special, then, does it? They built more than one Death Star. It's true. <laughs> Just as powerful. Just as flawed. Oh. <laughs> I have a I'm side not, note on that. Remind me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying the special weapons is all like it's flawed. I'm just pointing out the, the allegory there, Sean. <laughs> if you're going to use that one... 
There's, there's, there's a great, I'll do it now. Because our, our listeners will be into this too. There's a great, uh, it was a little short, I think it's an animated feature that they put together. This guy walks out in front of the class and he says, okay, so uh, I'm so-and-so. I'm the Imperial engineer who designed oh, the exhaust yeah. ports on the Death Star. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, I'd like to talk to you guys about that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a spaceship that goes through, it's the size of a planet. And it goes through space blowing up things. Do you have any much idea how much exhaust this thing puts out? <laughs> the fact that I was able to get the exhaust ports down to two meters, you should be really grateful. But no, all you want to talk about is, oh, what a flaw design. Good job there, buddy. I didn't know I had to make them freaking impervious to space wizards. Did <laughs> you see the guy shot? The torpedo went like this. It went in the thing. It curved. Plus, it's an exhaust port. It's pushing out. <laughs> but nobody told me that. It's it's well worth your time to. Look up. <laughs> I've seen that one, I, and I heartily agree. Continue. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> you said heartily, right? Not hardly. Hardly. Heartily. 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 I heartily agree. That's not true. Uh, anyway, start using that. See if you can. <laughs> I hardly agree. <laughs> okay. Uh, Missy is growing on me with this episode. I liked her well enough before, but this is where she really got to shine. There was so much added here to the master's character and backstory. But done still, so there's still enough, ele- still that element of mystery. The fact that the master keeps returning from the dead, traps are her way of flirting, being in the doctor's oldest, being in the doctor's oldest friend slash arch nemesis, and that was she was slightly jealous of Davros. I won't lie, I laughed. I loved her explanation of hers and the doctor's relationship. That it's beyond something, something, uh, beyond something, something reproductive urges something or other. That felt uh, like such a Stephen Moffat line directed at the people who come up with up with cracked out romantic subtext between the Doctor and the Master. Like do most people not have a concept of friendship? And of course, that would mean something different with Time Lords. Again, there's a level of mystery and the idea that humans, even we in the audience, can't understand the Time Lord culture and society because it's so ancient and timeless and it's beyond their comprehension. I quite like that idea, personally. I'm sure it'll tick somebody else off, but it appeals to me. Anyway, Missy's wonderful with when she's being the Doctor's friend and Clara's guide. Though I'm waiting for her to return against the Doctor at some point, just because. Return of units. Good. They've got Clara's work number on speed dial, apparently. And Cole Hill School is okay with her taking off in the middle of a crisis. <laughs> Okay then, the, okay, then. The Doctor's entrance in 1138 AD was amazing. Almost like they were trying to recreate Mad Max Fury Road on a budget. You know what I'm talking about, right? I haven't even seen the movie, and that's what immediately my mind went. The Doctor's guitar should have been a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> or Sonic something. <laughs> well, it was a Sonic something. Well, yeah, but, you know, even more Sonic. There's more I could babble on about, but I want to get a few predictions in for next week. Clara and Missy aren't dead. They've been transported somewhere. What? What? <laughs> get out. Get out. <laughs> They're so dead. They, I mean, come on, Chrissy. I'm sorry to break this to you, but the Daleks used maximum extermination. Okay? They don't do that. The to Daleks just don't just mess up and kill each Yeah, I mean, regular extermination is like, eh, okay, you turn into a pile of dust. But this was max. No dust. There was no dust. <laughs> there was no trace left behind. These two ladies are dead. Not 
<laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you look really closely, when I watched rewatched it, I did a little frame by frame. <laughs> the <laughs> the color change at the very end of the shot. Well, here's the thing: is a total indicator that they teleported. Even without stopping frame by frame, you can see it. It was the same face shift we saw at the end of Death in Heaven when. Yeah. Missy goes away. M- Missy and, has and escaped that by blaster fire once already. I don't buy and it. it. I, I, I it. And it's, everybody I, is is saying, "Oh, you know, that was so clever that she just said, i 'I'm de- I'm not dead. Deal with it.' You know, I'm back, not dead. Deal with it. It's it was one of those things that I think a lot of people said, "Oh, Moffat's being clever there. You know, he's just going to say, okay, we're just not going to explain it.' But the thing is, this next episode will explain both instances. And, and I think I already understand how it works. And here's Can I my, my prediction of how. Here's my other point. Before you do that, have you ever? Yeah, you're going to go with the maximum experimentation. But have you ever seen a Dalek vaporize somebody? Yeah, they turn colors and then. It no, goes. they don't. They turn colors. They get. Uh, you see the oh yeah skeletal right. body, don't. and then you see the body fall to the ground. Well, you used to. Now they turn them to dust. New series. They. When did that happen? Give All me an example. Yeah, no, they always fall to the ground. David Tennant, when his doctor was That's hit, falls aground. Yeah, he uh, just got glanced, agreed. But in all of Chris Eccleston's series, in Dalek, in all of those, uh, in both of those season finales that we got, Daleks but isn't shoot there, you, isn't there, body goes to the ground. They're not vaporized. Isn't there some vapor- even in vaporization the in Day of the Doctor? No vaporization. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's been hit, vaporization. fall to the ground. Series. You find it, and I will say, okay, okay. you're right, but... The, there we'll, is always the a wiki. body after they have been we'll, shot. We'll put There's that on the homework no, list for this. No vaporization. Week. Because that was what I thought and then realized, oh, wait, no, that's classic who that that happens. No, no. it happened It happened and for sure in Eccleston series. It happened when David David Tennant was hit. And again, that, that can be explained away where he just didn't take a full blast. Um, yeah, I keep saying David Tennant, the 10th Doctor. Um, no one really got shot in Asylum. In Asylum, yeah. They, uh, they, we, we don't see somebody actually get killed in it. Um, no vaporization. It's it's boom, think, dotty, really down, body point. down. That was my first thought. I went, ah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, yeah. so I'm just going to call it now. Oh, yeah. It's the vortex. Well, let's, 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 let's wait and talk to okay. it a little bit more. Uh, and yes, I know. I'm sorry. You want to you chomp with that, but let's talk about that in our review. Well, that was a lot for me, and I'll probably think of more as the week goes on, but I should wrap up and let you guys... Let you oh, wait, wait, wait. You missed... Uh... Oh, wait, sorry. Uh... Transported somewhere yeah, like Rose like, and Bad like Wolf. Like Rose and the Bad Wolf and Part of the Ways, Dalek's involved then too. The Witch's Familiar probably refers to Claris, and she's kind of Missy's sidekick, like Davros was the magician's apprentice. All the Doctor talked to Tiny Davros about survival and such. That was definitely the beginning of Davros' obsession with saving his people by putting them in tanks. Wow, that was a lot for me, and I'll probably think of more as the week goes on, but I should wrap up and let you three get on with the hosting of... With hosting the podcast. Take care, boys. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank, Thank you, Chrissy. Chrissy. Always good to hear from you. Yes. Up next is Kirk. Kirk writes, let's kill Davros. <laughs> Vortex friends, hope you had a great time at TopCon. I'm eager to hear your report. Well, Series 9 is underway, and I'm thrilled with its first steps. For me, The Magician's Apprentice worked better than any Series 8 episode. I spent the last season with the feeling that Capaldi and Moffat were struggling to find a mutual tone that worked. They seem to have figured it out now. Both of the episodes written after that last season, last Christmas and this one, have felt much more in tune. I see what you did there, Kirk. That's funny. 
<laughs> and I would agree. He's making a guitar joke, right? Yep. Yeah. tune. I'm also glad to have the whole who's Missy business behind us so that Michelle Gomez can just brilliantly do her thing. And she is definitely brilliant in this episode. I like that Moffat hasn't brushed aside Missy's sadistically casual approach to homicide. This incarnation of the Master seems more monstrously dangerous and unpredictable than any previous version, and more magnetically charming than any Master since Roger Delgado. It seems like a bold move to start with half a Dr. Light episode, but the slow build to Capaldi's reveal was well played. I enjoyed the fan service of the Shadow Proclamation and the Sisterhood of the Karn appearances, and I think they were handled in a way that won't leave casual viewers confused. Ironically, the scene of Capaldi's reveal was the one slightly sour note for me. Both the script and staging of the guitar and tank scene rang untrue and punctured my suspension of disbelief. Luckily, that didn't last long. We were back on track as soon as Colony Sarf appeared and revealed its true nature. The Doctor's dilemma, whether to save, abandon, or kill young Davros, is incredibly compelling. Moffat has brilliantly framed it. It's amazing that he can do such a deep dive into the continuity of a 40-year-old classic series episode and make it so gripping. And the cliffhanger conclusion was well done. I wonder, though, is it right to call it a cliffhanger when you actually see the characters fall off the cliff and die? Well, call me jaded, but I've seen Missy survive being vaporized before. <laughs> I have a hunch that she and Clara will survive this. I spent Series 8 reconciling myself to the possibility that the Twelfth Doctor's era might not be for me. I'm happy to say The Magician's Apprentice was for me. I can't wait for next week. Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. Thank, Thank you, Kirk. Kirk. And I agree, and, and you'll hear from our panel when we briefly touch on what we expect, um, that the fact that Capaldi has found his Doctor and what he's going to do is yep. going to make this season even more elevated. Yeah, I agree. Up next in feedback is Holly. And Holly writes, The Magician's Apprentice. Hey guys, hope you all had a great time at Topcom. Sure looks like it with all the pictures. Looking forward to hearing more about your adventures there. Series 9 is upon us. Talk about hitting the ground running with the first part of this two-parter. Where do I begin? Clara helping out Unit, the whole scene with the snake guy in the bar that was almost like being in the Star Wars cantina, the axe battle dude, a Dalek in disguise, Dalek in disguise. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Davros being alive, seeing a young Davros, the scenes with Missy and Clara. All I can say is that I enjoyed this episode. Can't wait to see what part two brings and if we're going to find out how much a part the Doctor played in the creation of Davros, which in turn led to the Daleks. I'll wrap it up there. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And our last bit of feedback comes from Rachel. Rachel writes, So much fan wink. Dear Vortex Dudes, I hope everyone is recovering from your adventures at TopCon. I enjoyed seeing your pictures on Facebook and can't wait to hear about it on the show. To address the elephant, or is it Tank, ha, in the room, <laughs> a magician's apprentice. Wow. I can't believe how much they were able to cram into one half of a two-parter. The Shadow Proclamation and Ood, a Jadoon, Karn. I totally called going back to Karn way back when we got the, that trailer. <laughs> Video of previous Doctors, Scaro, Davros. I'm sure I'm missing some, which is why I've had to watch this episode more than once. Oh dear, having to watch Doctor Who multiple times. <laughs> At this point, I'm not sure I have much to say until I see how this story all plays out. 
As far as that thing that happened to Missy and Clara, by the way, the more I see of her, the more I'm falling in love with Michelle Gomez as the master. (laughs) We've seen that particular trick before, but I'll leave the speculation to the professionals. Until next week, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. She was a bit of a late ad. I think Sean was surprised by that because that came in as we were podcasting. If you I'm just heard my phone I'm... over the microphone say emails, that was it. <laughs> I'm just always surprised that I'm always the last one to get it. I think is... <laughs> I had to refresh mine to get it. I have twice, and it's oh. still not here. Huh. I'll let you know when it shows up just so you can see how far behind I lag. <laughs> it's the vortex, man. It's just following <laughs> It does it's everywhere you go. Email. That's why I don't respond to your text messages. That's they go through I the vortex. Uh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> He doesn't get them until too much later. All right, well. The Magician's Apprentice. <laughs> Which, Sorry. <laughs> do, we, do, you want to, do you want to touch on the prequel? of? Yeah, let's make yeah, him let's wait talk a little, little bit, bit about uh, Not the prequel. This would be considered. The prologue part two. Yeah, <laughs> you could say that. This was actually the, what's it, about seven minutes? Six something. Six something. Um, that actually, yeah, that actually aired at the theater events, unlike the prelude that came out online and then a week they, ago. Then they released it, and you now, yeah, you can actually see this. They released online it in the UK well. online. Uh, Region locked, unfortunately. Yeah, it, yeah. in the US. So in the, the US, UK, you had to see it in the theaters. It, well, it did air on BBC America too. Oh, it did. Okay. It must have been aired. earlier in the day yeah, then because it yeah. didn't write before. Yeah, there, so. were, there were like two instances where it aired ah, okay. in, in, on BBC America. So if you've gotten a chance to see it, hopefully we, you have because we're going to spoil it. Although I think the episode itself kind of just wraps everything up. Yeah, <laughs> he you, talks you about basically everything. Need it. The digging of the well, the, the doctor's meditation. The visitor's center. The <laughs> I liked it. It was, it was really enjoyable. It was, it was a nice little nod tease set up to... Uh, what we were going to see, where the doctor was, and what he was doing in the time that you know leading up to this episode. And it really, yeah, it really led straight into the episode, yeah. which it almost felt like they filmed this, they wanted to put it on there, and then the episode went too long, so they decided, well, let's cut that first part. I wouldn't surprise me, and and the sad thing is that while it can be played as a joke. Because it's it's very, oh, it's, it's, it's very, it's very humorous. It's very funny, and while you could take it that way, knowing it, knowing what happened now, in knowing the episode, in retrospect, <laughs> it it I think it lends a lot to Boars as a character. I was kind of sad to see yeah. how much he'd gotten pared down for the episode. Boars. Yeah, um, and then um, it, it really kind of you can see how haunted the Doctor is by this. And it, I, in my mind, honestly, it makes his grand entrance make a little more sense. Yeah, it, yeah, it really does. It because helps, uh, justify the characterization and the it helps it line up. Initially, when I, I had to agree with Kirk when I first saw it, as much as I loved it, I also thought it felt slightly it out of character. Like, yeah, it didn't feel it like was just it just not quite right. This helps justify it. It smooths over a lot of that for Agreed. me. So. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's the biggest part of this, is that's what it, it does. Anything else about the doctor's meditation? <laughs> no, it was short and sweet, and so was yep. our review. Yep. <laughs> there were no Daleks. Minus a thousand points. Well, there points was, we just no, didn't know. <laughs> minus a thousand points for no special weapons Dalek. <laughs> the magician's apprentice. Where is the doctor? When the skies of Earth are frozen by a mysterious alien force, Clara needs her friend. But where is the doctor and what 
is he hiding from? As past deeds come back to haunt him, old enemies will come face to face. And for the doctor and doctor and Clara, survival seems impossible. Dun dun dun! Keith, Keith, you seemed a little lax on your dun 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 there, buddy. No, my dun 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 was hearty. Not hardly. Well, I tell you, (laughs) despite the fact that I think Sean did indeed prove that he called the who the person we he was talking to in the about in the prelude, knowing all of his life, I was surprised. I I was shocked. I was shocked. You knew too. That's who I thought he was referring to. I think one one of you guys have even said that beforehand. Um, oh, here's the deal. I suspected, I suspected it because yeah. the, the the way the evidence laid out. I think we talked a little bit about this last week with the the, the pronoun usage. Yeah, that, which that was in my the, big in, argument in the preview right. is that it, it's not going to be the master. We're not going to Moffat's not going to take a character and gender flip them and then turn around and make that kind of obvious mistake mm-hmm. in quotes yeah. um, to try and lead us off. He's simply not going to do it. So I knew I knew it wasn't going to be Missy. And then started kind of running through the list and thought, I bet it's Davros. I bet now, when that moment came, though, it didn't lessen the impact. No, suspected. it was it, still it, one. Not in the way it went down. Yeah, because I did not expect it to be a, a young Davros. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, to have that moment and and, and to have it essentially be the cold open too. Yeah, uh, there's no, <laughs> uh, we're not going to beat around the bush of this. We're getting right Get to right it. to it, and which. Had they not done that, it would have. I would have felt like, yep, okay, yeah, I know where this is going. And then having do that right away, I had no idea what was going to happen the rest of the episode. Yep. That's the thing. The, the, the way that opens, we've got this war-torn area, and I didn't even cue into it then. Maybe because I missed the first minute with the, the planes flying overhead and the biplanes right. and the lasers. See, right. see, I didn't know where it was I either while watching it. I, didn't I did not that. think Scarrow. Or- just... Just cute. Okay, we're on a battlefield, and there's this stuff, and there's this kid, and then these hands, and you know, scary. And hand mines. Dis- hand mines. The guy disappears, and the kid's standing there, and then the doctor's coming, and he's going to save him, and it's going to be so awesome. I grabbed your leg in the middle of the, the first viewing when the screwdriver hits the ground, and I went, <gasps> like this. <laughs> Did you think it was going to be the skeleton? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that while okay. watching it. I'm not the only- you remember that? Yeah. When we had just the next time, and it was just right, the hand and right. the light went out, and I thought, oh, my God, we're finally going back to that bumper thing. It turned out <laughs> not that we were going back to that bumper, but there were a bunch of hands in the ground, and there was the Sonic. I was like, oh, that is good. No. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but so it, it just it just played out magnificently. He says, tell me the name of the boy who's going to survive this. Davros. And Jaws yeah. dropped. <laughs> what? What? And you could hear, it was audible. That was the best part about watching with a group of people. Both could, times. Both times. And there was only six of us in the room the first time. And just as loud. <laughs> <gasps> just. Well, I think Colton almost sucked me out of my seat with his. Because <gasps> he was right behind me. And he's. <gasps> <laughs> and then I held it because I was like, <laughs> what do you. Oh, 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 man. This. Open is it's a slow rumble of a thunderstorm that builds into that immense thunderclap bang. Man, you know, and, so and then incredible. the bang is still preceding the rain. Yeah, yeah. We haven't got to the maelstrom yet. Yeah, this is just the, this is just that moment, and the look on Capaldi's face. Yeah, oh, he sold it so, so well. Nailed oh, 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 oh. it. Nailed it. Just. 
and it was, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I have goosebumps yeah. right now. Just <laughs> I've seen it three it. times, and all three times when I hear the name Davros, I just. <gasps> <laughs> what? And it's not just fan service. No. It's a complete. Yeah. I mean, as as the episode unspools, it is a complete mm. examination of what is regarded as the pinnacle. We've talked about this. This is the pinnacle moment in Who history. Yep. And I love that Capaldi essentially it looks like is going to be getting his his version of that moment. He gets his Tom Baker moment, which so many doctors have tried to. So many other doctors since then they've tried to do, and I don't think they've done it well. Oh. So good, <laughs> so good. Well, how many times did you guys skipping forward a little bit? How much? How many times did you guys? Well, I guess you did. You guys go back and rewind the clips we saw of the old doctors to watch them more than once. No, yeah. I didn't. I, didn't <laughs> it, uh... I, I may have. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to make sure I because well, I did. The, yeah, dur- I did see more of them this during time the, during the first screening. I I didn't. I thought I missed a couple. I I definitely. Heard four, and I definitely heard uh, seven. seven. Yeah, and then four again. But it wasn't Unlimited until I rewatched pudding. it, and then kind of caught a couple, and then rewound uh, it, and then watched a, it again. David Tennant in there. There's and Davis. There's a it, it starts Colin with Colin Baker in there. It essentially goes in order. It goes Tom, Peter, Colin. I didn't hear Peter. Sylvester. Uh, it's it's very quick. It must go out of order, Keith, because when you watch it, well, okay, they, it might, it might they have the images in the background as well, and I didn't realize the first time I watched it. Second time, I caught some of the well, images you don't, you don't on the monitors. On all of but them. the last one to speak is definitely Colin Baker. Okay, and so that was mine, way okay, after not, yeah. Unlimited Rice Pudding. So. Uh, but goes, then there's also the Tenth Doctor in there too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. saw here. I I missed um, I missed Davison. I missed. You the don't fifth see doctor. him. You only hear. So him. I heard four, and then I heard. Seven, and then I heard ten, and then I heard six. So I missed five out of there, mm. and I think that was it. Five was like the second one. Was it? Okay. Yeah. I didn't hear him. And I, I didn't catch him on the monitor. Until... I heard four. I heard seven. Yeah, heard you ten. only see <laughs> you only see ten and six in the monitor in the background. Yeah. Well, of course, you and then, see and then four you at the very at the beginning very there. Yeah. The very beginning. And then after. Well, yeah, because they, they we get more of that speech. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. And that's a, that, that was such a great usage of those. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that, that, was that so good. That's another instance of bringing it above Fanwick. Yeah, yeah. It elevated it to a essential uh, part of the well, story. Well, and, and for people that have never seen the classic series, especially Genesis of the Daleks, to give us that good chunk with some reference was really, really, really well done. It was really well done. <laughs> Okay, so and then I think there may have been an opening credit sequence after that. <laughs> I really don't remember. I can't even tell you. I, I've seen it twice. I can't tell you if they've made any changes. <laughs> opening credits. You know, the Doctor Who and the, the logo opening and the credits, clock the and all that. Was, is that in there? That was right after yeah. the Davros. That's what he's saying. That's what I'm saying. I, I, never saw it. I never saw it. Oh, we had skipped forward to the... the... No, 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 no. I mean... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I probably... Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, no, after, was, young, after Young Davros. I was Davis. a bit behind. Yeah, yeah. After the Thunderclap. I was going back. There may have been credits there. I don't know. <laughs> so then... Montage. Right? All those places. The Yeah. That was the next yep, bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Snake guy, whatever his name was. <laughs> he went to uh, Moldavarian. 
which I went was, to I was Shadow so Proclamation. Bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. Went and he went to Karn. The Shadow Proclamation was cool, and bringing back the actual which Shadow is, Proclamation yeah. lady. Yeah. Which is cool, well, especially since the only time we've seen her was the last time we saw Davros, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. She was <laughs> in the Stolen Earth. Yeah. That's when they're there, and Donna brings up the point of the bees, and then he realizes Calm. how brilliant she actually is. We can follow that trail. So. Yeah. But uh, so that that was all, I thought, very again, I agree with Kirk, very well done. It's a little fan service, but not really. I mean, it's... This could be important for the for the course of the plot. To these, these are big population centers in a way, or at least. Well, and the nice thing is politically important centers. Yeah, in and the, the, new the, the nice thing yeah. is it, it's new series stuff too. So if you've been at least on the new series since you know series one, then you got a little bit of reward there as well, just as a new Who fan. So you didn't even. So it's almost it's almost fan service, but but better. For New Who viewers, which I really appreciate the fact that Moffat's saying, hey, we're embracing everybody here. Oh, and even the Moldavarium, despite the name reference to for a classic, so, so much of that, aside from Oods, were brand new characters. Were. Very much like Rings of Akatan, Yep. and how much we praise that for all the different characters. And the same thing with this, the production aspects of it and all the different variety was phenomenal. They could have very easily gone into the wardrobes department and gotten the old costumes of a bunch of different monsters, kind of like uh, that space bar that we see Jack at the end of time. And they didn't. It was a bunch of new stuff. Yeah. Well, still paying homage to, you yeah. know, we got a Jadoon, we got an Ood, we got yep. a... The name drop of, yeah. So there was were, there were still stuff there, which was which was just great. No and, Slavine that I saw. Yeah. <laughs> no Adipose either. So, um... <laughs> Then we get back to Earth and Clara, and she's teaching, and okay, that's cool. We get Unit, that's all cool, and then Missy. I thought that the, the, the teaching thing was interesting, especially that she's hammering home Jane Austen again, <laughs> uh, which I thought was funny. But um, Has anybody gone to check? Is that the same outfit uh, in the pictures from Day of the Doctor? I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, when it comes up on Friday night, who we can take the right, blood, right? <laughs> the uh, what was the deal? Why was it so cold? In the, I'm assuming I wondered that on the second watch through Clara's breath, she and was, I thought maybe we're maybe there's a reason why I'm seeing Clara's death and breath, I and I'm not seeing anybody that. else's. And then suddenly I saw, very briefly, you see uh, Kate have the cold breath, and then you definitely see the the other scientific advisor the, the, lady, the new lady, yeah, the new lady. With the cold breath, so I didn't notice that. Yeah, I thought, not why, Osgood. Why is it so? Yeah. That's her name. Why is it so good? Why is it? Why is it? I so mean, they're cold in the Tower of London, yeah. but and they're underground in the Tower. You'd London. think when you convert that to a uh, unit headquarters, you put some heating in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it keeps them on their toes. I don't know. Well, and then I honestly, even even after having watched it the first time, when I so noticed the breath the second time, I kind of half expected where they're piecing together this mystery of the planes for one of them to turn. Now, that's not the question. The question is, why is it so cold in here? Yeah. Because that almost felt like you could do a whole other right. story arc on oh, that yeah. business. But, um, And when Missy's message came across, even even the first few words, oh, you were so fine, exactly I went, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> and it, mostly because I had just watched Death in Heaven and she sings the song, Missy, you're so fine, you're so fine. So as soon as that came up, I went, oh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> But what, Caitlin, what, what, Caitlin didn't get it until it said, hey, Missy. And then she goes, <gasps> <laughs> What's great is no one heard, no one but Osgood heard her sing that, too. Yep. So 
it was, well, but they didn't they didn't even realize right away who it was that, until yeah, it said Missy. On yeah, there exactly, and that's realize. that's what was brilliant about it yeah. was the fact that it wasn't nobody would pick up on it. It was right more of a the only person that would is dead. It was more of a moment for the viewer the, yeah, than it was yeah. the yeah the characters to pick up on that. So then, uh, well, and then Capaldi plays that on the. Uh, no, he plays Pretty Woman. Yeah, it's Pretty Woman. No, he played that for Clara when Missy's up there and he's getting ready to bring Missy down. He plays. Oh, okay. He plays. Uh, hey, Mickey. Yeah, Does listen it? real close. It's Hey, Mickey. It's just a quick bar, but yeah, he plays Hey, Mickey. Missy in that case. Yeah. Okay. Because he plays Pretty Woman, and that's when Clara comes down. And then when I think uh, he nodded to Missy, and Missy comes down, and then he starts playing it as she comes in, and then he says. The Wicked Stepwoman, and then everybody hisses. And, I mean, it was so pantomime. I loved I loved how they kind of incorporated that whole pantomime style there, too. Because she even does the thing with the, the you know, just oh. plays right into it and, <laughs> yeah. and just feeds off of it. I loved that. So cool. So much like a pantomime. So then we run this algorithm. Or no, wait, 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 wait back up, back up. Back up. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm jumping ahead of ourselves back. again. Okay, so uh, we get unit, and then we go, and we're going to go meet Mincy. And Michelle Gomez, and I'm back, and not making a big deal out of it, and yay. <laughs> the scene outside where they go to have coffee, elevated Missy yeah. beyond, oh, wow. beyond anything, anything we had seen or hoped or glimpsed at. Yeah. We've seen her bananas. We've seen her... Oh, she's still bananas. Well, she's oh, still yeah. bananas. She Don't still conveys that she she's bananas. She still has the great blend between Sims and Delgado. But, yeah. Well, see, this is, this is... My complaint with Dark Water, Death, and Heaven was that I wanted She was more, just always crazy. She was always crazy. Yeah. I wanted more of the Delgado master and less of the More cunning, Sims less master. silly. And sitting down at that table and the discussion bounced through all of the different... Yep, master takes. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was like watching well, a mental game of pong. Right, right. <laughs> Just... what, what kicks that whole Delgado style off is the fact that she requests uh, snipers. Yeah, three on each of my hearts and two on my brainstem. And because she knows that the only way anybody's going to trust coming there is by putting Missy in a situation where she has no choice but to discuss rationally what she wants. And so that's very Delgado. That's yeah. very cunning. That's very, I, I have something and I'm going to put absolute trust in myself. Yeah. And, uh, and also a very important bit of, of business there that may have slipped a lot of people during that discussion is the end of that statement when she says, I need eight snipers. What do you need eight snipers for? Well, you'll have to take me down before I can regenerate. Oh, meaning right. she has the ability to. Right, this isn't yeah, the stolen right. body that that puts right. that whole argument to rest. So, just thought I'd throw that. Up. Anyway, <laughs> but the the whole, the way the whole scene played out was just mesmerizing. Oh yeah, Michelle Gomez's performance was outstanding. I think even Jenna gets a lot of uh, yeah, Jenna Coleman gets a lot of credit as well because they played back and forth off of each other really well, and I love the fact that. Jenna comes in all cool and calm and collected. And when Missy's saying, you know, I can't find him either. And she says, well, you know, that happens. And they're having and this whole discussion. Skepticism of the And when of, she yeah. says, so what, you're good now? And <laughs> Missy pulls out the thing. Boy, and, that was the wrong what, thing That's to what say. she said, Scottish. No, I'm not good. <laughs> she does in that very Scottish. Good. Um, 
Um, I'm not good. And uh, when it just, uh, but that's the other thing. Brilliance of this is, while I, I hate to see anybody die, it, it did really convey the message that I haven't changed. I I just have a different mission here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still as bat as crazy as I was, <laughs> See, as, as 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 uh, psychopathic as yeah. I was. Thank you, because that's the one phrasing that I can use to describe <laughs> aspects of her performance, and I hadn't figured out how to be able to say it. <laughs> that was it. Bat guano crazy. Yeah, yeah. bat guano. Bat guano. Um, so she, or is that redundant? And then that's that's where <laughs> I, I think, think so. that's where I think Jenna then turns on the performance because oh, yeah. she's like. Say something nice because Jenna's pleading with her not to kill anybody else, and she says, "Say something nice." Tell me, uh, yeah, say something nice, and uh, she says, "No." She says, "You're going to kill everybody." She says, "I'll kill everybody here," and she says, "Start with me." And that's when Jenna really <laughs> just her performance yeah. just elevated, and she starts to talk about, "Yo, I'm in control here. I'm the one that can control." Uh, and 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 Kate back at the thing going don't shoot or don't sh-. I thought that's the, what that's what you needed is you needed mm-hmm. Kate saying stand down don't because she realizes this the the levity of the situation here and probably every instinct in her body wants to take her out because she's taking out agents and by Kate saying nobody shoots nobody shoots she knows that puts all of her trust in Clara that Clara's going to defuse this situation and she does and well and 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 I mean. She Which has, is, she has to. It, it's it's that wonderful trap that they've laid for for Kate that she has to make sure everybody stands down yep. because if somebody blows Missy away, planes could fall out of the we've sky. We've got planes oh, yeah. stuck. <laughs> Which we, can't we don't do know why. Those is an- another wonderful thing when Missy just plays it off says, "Well, it was just a parlor trick." You know, it's a simple time <laughs> that she couldn't have done anything with the planes anyway. Yeah. And all she does, was, all she could do, is a, start them again, and they would go because it was a time freeze. And I, I thought it was that just was a way so to get their cool. attention. Yeah, was, I thought that yeah. was so. That was so Ainley. <laughs> that was an Ainley move, right oh, there. Oh yeah, if he'd have had the technology back, and he totally have done that. That, that would have been a. I'm just. I'm. 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 Just, hey, I want to talk to you. I'm playing my hand. No, yeah. I'm. It's. It's yeah. a. I. I have to use something that I know I have very little power to do, but I can make it look ominous. And this is that's what they did because they talked about the fuel. They talked about what would the targets be. They oh about yeah. The number of passengers. All of that. Which I, I was going to wait to bring that up, but since we're on that. Love the episode. Fantastic. Great. Knock it out of the park on the first one. Not without its problems. Now, the first time I watched it, I was just overwhelmed with the, (laughs) you know, and and how awesome everything was. And then I thought to myself in the the two-minute break we had between getting things rolling, I was like, am I in love with it because it's who and it's back and it was awesome? Or am I in love with it because it was all fan service? So I really critically looked at it the second time and I was... I was studying, you know, <laughs> and there, there are some, there are some flaws and honestly, the unit segment is one of them. It, Be- it's almost unnecessary other than to put Clara and Missy together. Well, not even that so much as the fact that, I mean, it's structurally. Yeah. But the units may look very incompetent <laughs> yeah, absolutely. through the whole thing. <laughs> absolutely. From from the very funny line when Claire is running about about you know no don't but send the helicopter. To be fair, since <laughs> the brig, through. Since the brig retired, when hasn't unit looked incompetent? Well, even with the brig at times, <laughs> it's in line with unit. <laughs> but but you know to to go from from that moment of don't send the helicopter, think it through. Okay, that's a funny line, but all right, I'll, I'll let that one go. And then to get to unit headquarters, and you know what do we got? What are this? And it's like, well, how much fuel's in the air? And Kate 
now, now maybe it's done in a way to make Kate look better because she's not. Well, Kate the military first focuses mind. on the passengers, we've got passengers, the number we've got of passengers, there. and then she says, "Not to mention a lot of fuel." Oh my God, you're right. It's we've got forty one hundred flying bombs up there. I think that speaks to Kate's character more than I think so too. I, I, it's, it's less it's militaristic and more human. When I when more, I more first heard it, it so people. rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, well, of course you guys are unit. You should have thought about that. Somebody somewhere in the building should have passed on the. Are we in trouble with this? Beyond the step of the fact that the planes have stopped, it works a little bit better from coming from Kate's standpoint, which I'm assuming that's what Moffat was intending to do was to the fact that she's not the military mind, that she's the scientific mind. So she went to that last, but it still made kind of the whole organization. Eh. And then the algorithm that they use when they come up with, you know, well, we've got this thing and Dr. Blue Box, you know, and we're going to do all this, and it's kind of like. I don't know. They just, See, the I, I like that from the aspect that they were thinking from then a scientific issue. They're, you can find him based on crisis points throughout yeah. time, and you can pinpoint where he would be. Now, it does kind of underscore unit when Jenna's, uh, when uh, Clara's the one that figures out, no, it would be somewhere he's making the most noise that's not a crisis point. Well, that, that's her knowing him as a person yeah. more than anything else. But it, so. that's another underselling as well. But I actually, I, I was pleased with the fact that unit said, okay, this is, this is how we figured out how to find where the doctor would be in time. Perfectly fine with that. And I like the fact that even, I enjoyed the fact that Jenna knew him well enough that, hey, excuse me, Clara knew him well enough that, hey, it would have been someplace where he'd be making a lot of noise, but it wouldn't be a crisis point. It'd be someplace, yeah. you know, safe that it, it wouldn't be. Um, so I, I didn't have so much problem with that, but I, I, I agree. I see the, the point you make, and I didn't really think about it until my third viewing through because I had seen online that a lot of people were going, well, that just made unit look like idiots. And I, and I thought, okay, but it served the plot for what it needed right. to. And I think that unit's going to get a little more shine later in the season. When I hope so. When we return I think so. To and, and, and again, it's not that I, I don't want to be, because that's something else that I want to bring up a little bit later. They were as inept when uh, the Suntarans were trying to Oh, yeah. yeah. They, were, they were just as inept. Now, you want to give, Even you want to give Kate more credit, but I think that the type of character she is you can actually be a little forgiving as to why she doesn't think as militaristic as her dad would she thinks very scientifically well and, it also and, fits and in a way too that the kate would step in after the torchwood debacles that we'd had this other organization right. was out there to kind of fight back right. and that maybe they went we're going to kind of distance ourselves from that yep. we're going to go out and find somebody specifically who maybe has a little more scientific background oh look at look at this look at this woman Look at Miss Miss Stewart. We can you know do that, and she's still got the lineage. But yet, okay, yeah, let's do that. So you can kind of see maybe some of the political machinations there at work too. I, I, it doesn't bother me, but I could see why people would be bothered by it, especially right. Thinking back way. to Dark Water, Death in Heaven. Half of the time in that, she's very military minded and very she's competent. She comes across she, militaristic. She, yeah, yes. she knows what she's doing. She knows the plan. Bam, she's doing it. We're going, we're going. But and then when you really stop to think about those two episodes and she's how heavily she's depending on the doctor and them not qu- question, them questioning everything about the side room and going up, et cetera, et cetera, it, it's still in line. Which, quite frankly, goes all the way back to the Brigadier in the same sense that he was while he was very militaristic, they very much relied very heavily on the doctor, and she does the same thing. And yeah. so I, 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 can, I can forgive yeah. it. I, can, I, can do. I think people are trying to elevate Jim, Jim, uh, uh, Kate to a higher level of thinking and i think that she's very much in line with the way unit has been treated through 
all over Doctor Who. So yeah, no, I'm not denying that because there are, there are obviously moments with you know, especially in the Third Doctor's era where they come up against something and the unit's first reaction is well, let's go shoot it. Yeah, yeah. and the Doctor kind of rolls with his the eyes because rounds it's rapid. not going to work. Save your ammunition. Yeah. But, well, we're still going to try. Bam, 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 bam. Well, you were right. It didn't work. What can we do now? I mean, you get those kinds of moments all throughout the Third Doctor's run. But I still like to think of Unit as a... When the Doctor's not there, they're the ones that can fix it, you know? I mean, and I, I, well, it explains why they're always trying to find him. Well, but that's, I think <laughs> that's, you just help that's, that's part it. of my problem is I don't want... Every and I, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a wealth of things that are you know happening off screen that they've have taken care of. But it seems like every time we get into one of these, it's such a huge ordeal. We desperately must find the doctor because we're in over our heads. And I just kind of would like one competent. We got this. Now let's go find the doctor. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> give, give throw him a bone. Let him have that solution that they've taken care of. And then we can deal with the, the overall arching picture. I don't know. Maybe that was just it. But it's it's not a big deal. But it's it's a little hiccup in that. And I think the scene also plays coming off of that thunderclap that we then get into kind of normalcy mode with Claire and everything. Yeah. That, that it, it, it just it feels like it's slumping just a little bit during that segment of the episode. It's not that it's bad. It's just that the, the pacing seems a little strange right there. But I digress. It's your breathing area. Yeah, that's true too. Is that maybe that was done on purpose to give you a chance to, yeah, recover. Recover. From the shock. <laughs> uh, I like that Missy transported them there with the vortex <laughs> manipulators, and then just went to the classic line of you know uh, how does she describe it? Uh, messy time technology. <laughs> just was like, yep, it's, everybody knows it, but that's sometimes it you got to use yeah. it. <laughs> that was good. Um, we talked a little bit about the, the confrontation there in the arena after the doctor plays this phenomenal just. <laughs> so what about his entrance? Let's, let's you know, I, I, the tank. I, it, it, at the time, it did feel a little out of character. Like, really? Then, well, why the tank? Of- he seemed very Matt Smith at this point. He felt very... He felt very... He felt like Obvious he was going about through what he was doing. Crisis. Well, no. See, here's that. And I, okay. And I think that's exactly right. But I think this is going to set up something that I think I figured out about this episode. Is he had to have the guitar. He had to have the tank. He had to have, teach people to, the, the, the uh, dude. dude. He had to do all of this stuff. And the reason being is because he it, that was his way for Clara to find him. That was He's oh, doing this all on purpose. on purpose. He's not doing this because he is really going through his meditation. He does not expect... To be dying. I think this is all sleight of hand. This is why this is the magician's apprentice. He does that grand and bold because Missy even says, okay, we look for the tiny, the smallest, tiniest anachronism. He goes, she says, anachronism. We look for the tiniest, smallest, <laughs> and the tank comes in and the guitar is going and she goes, anachronism. She's even surprised as he's being so bold. <laughs> She's looking for something small and he's making it as grand and big as, yeah. as possible. He's not going out with a party. That's not what this is, guys, and and so that that entrance was and it's it's and you're so wrapped up in the moment you're like yeah there's something it must be it, something dire if he's bringing a tank along and making jokes about I ordered it for my fish and now nobody's laughing and he's like you know I I ordered it online 
So you're sitting there going, okay, I get the joke because nobody else here does, but I get the joke. It, he meant to order a fish tank. They sent him a tank. Well, the reason that he didn't know that he was getting a tank because he ordered it online. That's that's totally something would do that somebody would do. They'd get on the internet, they'd enter, they buy something, think they were getting one thing, and because they ordered it online, they end up getting something else. It was such a brilliant little moment. He's doing it on purpose. He's doing it to draw himself out. He even bringing the Clara and Missy there, knowing that he was going that they were going to be followed, that the, he would be found that way. Mm. This the magician's apprentice, or uh, yeah, magician's apprentice. And the title of this is not Clara. It is not Clara as the magician's apprentice. It is Missy. Missy is the magician's apprentice. This is all a setup. This is all. That's why he was not surprised that she was there. That's why he he, uh, he believed well, he that sent, she was he sent not the, dead. The confession disc. Yeah, he sent her, her the confession yeah. disc, not Clara. This Knowing is that she all would go slide to Clara ahead. to help. And where this him. is all yeah. set up is the card in the. Uh, prequel thing that we got in the special event is he's setting it up that he's he's doing magic. He says, you know, where did the car come from? You know, yeah. But he's making it sound like he's not a very good magician because he, the, uh, what's his name? Bors. 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 Figures it out. He's like, well, you, you had it. Anyway, but then he keeps calling him magician. This is all a setup. All the way down to Missy being the deception. When the doll, no, okay, let's, 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 let's talk a little bit before we get to the part. I absolutely love the fact that as he's walking out, he says to Missy, gravity, as he's getting ready to go see Davros. <laughs> I love the, the, the interplay between and the she two goes, of them. I oh. know. <laughs> like, duh, I'm not stupid. I've got this figured out, too. I'm not wondering And they go through the whole gravi- gravity thing, and she's, then she's threatening to open the airlock. Well, as soon as the gravity thing is dropped, I realize they're not on a space station. So I'm, I don't think Clara's in any sort of danger, even though Clara does. But she doesn't seem to react like she thinks that Missy would kill her. But I like the fact that Missy goes through the motions because that's very Missy-like. Yeah. This see, might be the day that I kill you. And she starts well, to see, open that, the airlock. The first time I watched it, I thought, oh, now we're back to guano Missy. You know, <laughs> and that's what that's that's what's she intended. Because there. oh, maybe today's the day I kill you. But was it the second time I watched it? I realized how subtle. That actually is yeah. that she's still thinking it through. Yep. When I, and I love the comment about actually, the. No, I don't think Missy knew ahead of time. She's not entirely sure. That's just yeah. it. So Missy she, doesn't know ahead of time that they're on Scar. Because no, 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 no. that's another fine uh, Michelle Gomez moment. Is when they walk outside. And she's like ground and she's figuring it out and piecing it together. Clara says, "There's a floor," and she goes, "No." It's ground. <laughs> and she starts explaining about it's invisible it's and all not this. Until and they she's sink making that those she funny realizes. comments about, you know, what if you drop your glasses? What if you know, or kiss some ugly? <laughs> it's all that stuff. And you're going, oh, this is so crazy. Missy again. But then when she talks about the, the level of, of uh, what she called the atmosphere or whatever, when it, when, it, when it finally lowers and the city's being revealed. And we've seen Scar. We knew Scar was coming. We saw that in the previous. But when Missy realizes it's Scar, there's a look on her face like, oh, no. Oh yeah. crap! Well, I know where we're at <laughs> now. Let's put this, this in perspective. Is this is where it all <laughs> the began. last time she was there, she was put on trial and vaporized. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to end well. But the, the the subtlety of that moment when she reaches back and this is this maybe this is the day I kill you. I realized how she's really not sure. She thinks she's figured yeah, it out. Yeah. And I love the bit about the, uh, the gravity has she's, the... Uh, she's 80% uh, sure, but there's still 20% right. doubt. Yeah. Well, I mean, because even if they are on a planet, she doesn't know it's an airlock. Yeah. It's called yeah. an airlock for a reason. I don't right. know what's on the other side of the door. Um, but the, uh, the just the act of today might be the day that I kill you. 
click because I really don't know what's out here. And I just I yeah. loved how well put together that was. But going outside and even her look on her face when the Daleks when she says it's Scarrow and the Dalek says that's right and you she turned they both turn over with this great face and she Missy is scared at this point. Oh, Missy yeah. is scared for her life and that's what that moment needed. That Absolutely. needed the the gravity of that moment of Missy realizing uh oh, we are in real trouble here. Well, and you can tell it too. And the doctor they, sells it too. Yeah. Scarrow, you brought me to Scarrow. So it was. Oh, and then his instant so concern hard. for both Clara and Missy. Yeah. But yeah. then again, and, and then Miss, and then I once think I think that the I think this concern for both of them and the pleading and don't kill Clara, it's all calculated. I think it's part. This is part of the illusion. This is part of the. The uh, sleight of hand here, I, I am convinced that next week we will find out that the doctor had all of this planned. I don't know that he knew he was going to Scarrow, but I knew he eventually was going to – he knew he was going he to Babylon. Going to see doctor, I think yeah. he contacted Missy prior to it, set this whole thing up, and that's why Missy knew that she was to bait the Daleks and be shot and appear to be killed mm. and use a time vortex manipulator or something – to zap herself out of there at the moment of death or near death, and and make sure Clara got pulled out because of there as well. Because both of them are slaved. Yeah. No. Did you you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Is that, that, that what that, you that's, were? That's, was that's, the slaving. Yeah. To, yeah that which is why to Clara went too. And it's point. not at all. It's a unlike dr- Missy to leave Clara, <laughs> despite <laughs> the fact that they're slaved together, that they both didn't instantly transport because she's got to sell it. She's got to make them. She's going to wait, wait, wait. Okay, now it's died. Yeah. Now the next episode is called "The Witch Is Familiar," and you know what a witch is familiar is? It's not just the animal that follows a witch around; it's the spirit animal that's attached to the witch. And now Clara is the witch's familiar because she's going to have to be. She's been already been before teamed up now with Missy to help this ruse that the doctor has put on. And she's now the spirit attachment, and and what you just said about them being slaved together is even more solidification in my mind that that's that's Clara's role. She's the witch's familiar. Well, they so even Missy is the magician's assistant, and Clara, which is was a red herring from the beginning because I don't know about you guys, but when they put these out, I thought, well, Clara must be the magician's assistant because she's the doctor's assistant or companion, and the witch's familiar must be. Missy and Missy, because we knew Missy was going to be in these episodes, yeah. and but the witch is familiar. I didn't think that that was actually going to be Clara. So. Well, and they they even telegraphed it somewhat at the uh, the, the the coffee talk. Yes, yes. When she oh, says, yeah. "You see that couple? You're the dog. You're the dog. <laughs> yep, yep." So, yeah, so Missy's right. laying it out for us right there. So, yeah. yep, you're the dog. We we, we skipped over the um, what what is the, the the snake guy? What is his name? Oh, uh, the colony or whatever. I I didn't catch it. And Sarf colony. Sarf colony. Colony Sarf. Colony Sarf. They kept saying colony Sarf. Colony Sarf. Because he really is a colony. And he really. It, it didn't <laughs> dawn on me until. Colony of snakes. Oh wow! When his face. And at first, I was like, uh, "It's kind of a reptilian snake mask thing." Eh, it's okay makeup, I guess. I mean, the ridges are a little different, but. Uh, <laughs> but I, when it goes. <laughs> and you realize that that's a stack of snakes that's making his face. It was it, like, oh! It, it started with, eh. And then we had several shots of him kind of gliding. I, I kind room. of wondered if he was I, I presumed he must have had serpentine-like 
feet or something. I didn't expect them to be snakes that were just actually slithering guys. You know, he he, he kind of glides, and I was like, okay, that was kind of cool. And then there's another one at the Shadow Plot Commission where he kind of does this move. He does a roller girl move? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, wow, that was was actually kind of cool. But in the arena, when he actually goes and unfolds, it was like, oh, cool. Great villain. Great Great monster. monster. I wonder if those who know Welsh were... It was telegraphed to them. Apparently, Sarf is Welsh for serpent. Ah, very cool. Colony serpent. Makes sense. Thur. <laughs> Didn't Sorry. catch that. Um, Scarrow, we, we, we knew that it was coming at some point. Because we, well, we all we speculated. I still that it did was not expect them to walk out of that. What they thought oh, was no. a hospital I thought it was uh, space be later, station but... and actually be on Scarrow. I, I was tipped off. Just a little bit when they lead the doctor out and he gets the gravity bit. <laughs> you saw the door going. And the, the, the doorways. Oh. <laughs> and it went. And I went. And he, <gasps> when we were watching the second time, that's and me now knowing that they're on Scarrow, he leans over and goes, they even got the doors right. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, how did I miss I, that the first I, time? Yeah. It's kind of like the uh, I. Window stuff from Dark Water, yeah. Death in Heaven, yeah. which is until funny because it, together, it wasn't until uh, I'm gonna segue just a little bit because it wasn't until this time that that was telegraphed through that whole episode. It wasn't oh, just yeah. those doors; they were everywhere. There <laughs> behind um, the guy, that, the welcome the, the, the checking yeah. guy. There is a a picture when he's talking to Danny and getting you know getting him signed into heaven, quote unquote. There is a picture. It's just a black background with the circle. And the small circle, yeah. which is the three W symbol, so that's there long before we see those doors. Oh yeah! When you get into three W in the visitor center, and, and you're looking in the mausoleum, and then there's three W written around it is the circle and the thing, which is supposed to be the to throw you off that oh this is just their this their is company their, logo, yeah, yeah company it's logo. not it a big deal, like an, uh, something. With, and so yeah, so I'm already seeing all these because I, I I know to look for the eyes. I've seen it a few times. I'm look for the look. I know to look for the doors now. I, that's that was after that got past me the first time, and you guys pointed that out, and I went, <laughs> "How did I miss that?" <laughs> then it, I realized that there's a lot more to that symbolism, and I thought, "Oh, this was telegraphed so much earlier than those doors clo- closing behind uh, the doctor walking out, going, I feel like I'm missing something here,' which is the obvious. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the doors were done better in uh, uh, Death in Heaven, Dark Water, Dark Water, Death in Heaven. Than they were in Empire of the Do- uh, uh, what's the Daleks in New York? What's the name of that one? Dogs in Manhattan. Yeah, when they're in the the Empire State Building and the oh with yeah, the, yeah. the doors closed. Now, of course, we knew Daleks were in that episode. Yeah. The <laughs> title's been spoiled, and we but, immediately saw that one. Yeah, but oh yeah, Dalek episode with no Dalek in the title. Hey, How about yeah. that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, good on the production value. Uh, and good on the production team for going to that level of attention to detail. Now, like I said, as soon as I saw it, because that's something I've always loved about Hartnell's The Dalek episode is just, Do- I Daleks. just, uh, the Daleks. I appreciate it when you create an alien environment. And make it alien. And make it alien. And it's Don't not give just a regular door, yeah. you know, Forbidden Planet when they've got the big gigantic trapezoid doors. Because I think to myself, I was like, what were these things like that they needed that door? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that my brain goes into this whole mode of stuff. Like, and that's that's the my, whole reason they do it. Well, the first time I saw the Daleks as a kid and looked at those doors, it was just like, and well, I, I don't know why they're shaped. Well, well, because it's a dome head going through. Now, I, I, I don't understand why they're shaped 
slightly wider at the one end because that means all the Daleks pass through them sideways. But, you know. <laughs> I think that's so that that's where that mechanism for the, the hand for the door <laughs> is. Yeah, they, have they have to, to do, do it. <laughs> They're just a little bit wider. But, yeah, as soon as, as soon as they led the doctor off, I went, all right. <laughs> so the reveal was a little bit of a letdown. But, again, the performance is totally made oh, up for it because it was just like, yeah. Now, and you, for those that don't that didn't have the history of the show and know Descaro as well because it hasn't been mentioned as much in the new series. Yeah. It's telegraphed and explained it and you get the gravity of the situation if you don't know the classic yeah. history. And I don't know if I talked about this much, so forgive me to segue a little bit, but I did get to the theater event and saw it in 3D and it was marvelous. And they did... We Dark did Water, the, Death, and Heaven. Dark Water, Death, and Heaven that was on Tuesday and Thursday. And they did the um, uh, prequel that we got to see with Bork and the med- it was called The Doctor's Meditation. And after that was an interview with uh, Jen- Jenna Coleman and Peter Capaldi. And moderating that interview was, or in doing the interview was uh, Will Wheaton. And of uh, his fame. And, yeah. Friend of the show, Will Wheaton. Star Trek. Wheaton. Big Whovian fan. Anyway, so he had asked Capaldi, the last question he asked was, what can we expect going into this? What do people need to know? And and uh, uh, Peter Capaldi said, straight off, he says, brush up on your Dalek history. <laughs> so this was a huge payoff, too, from that moment because I thought, well, could I know a lot of Dalek history? I don't have to do a lot of brushing up. And so when this came about, it was very satisfying that, hey, Peter Capaldi just hit it, the nail in the head. Because not only are we getting elements of Genesis of the Daleks, we're getting... Elements all the way back to oh, the yeah. Daleks, with yeah. the Dalek City and the doors, and the and Which even is, even the room that we come into and they bring Clara and um, Missy into is very that sterile atmosphere, that yeah. very metallic atmosphere that we had in the Daleks. And, with and the waiting room prison area that they were holding yeah. them before they went felt very much like very the one much from like the Daleks. It. Yes, and much like going it. even going back to into the Daleks. Although at least they got, got a window. At least Clara yeah. and, and, and Missy got a window. They didn't get a yeah, window in there. <laughs> but it's it's nice that in while Capaldi is in the role that they're pulling back more to the, the Daleks. Yeah. With because into we, the Dalek we got the references there and which is funny because you know Fandom has trying, been trying its hardest to retcon the inconsistencies that were brought about with Genesis. And yeah. it sounds like Moffat's going to just say, I'll fix it. Don't we'll, worry. We'll work on it. <laughs> I'll fix it. Don't worry. I may be uh, eating crow next week, but so far, I love how the, this two-parter has been structured. It gives it time to breathe. And unless they do something really weird next episode, it's not going to be like Dark Water, Death in Heaven, where it's two distinct episodes. Yeah, or where it feels like a, a where, huge where, tonal shift. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we're going to get the tonal shift. I, I think, think I, I can I can come down on the fact that I think we're especially when it's revealed that the Doctor's been planning this kind See, of. See, I, I would wait. I would expect if they're going to reveal that, I hope it'll so. be at the end. I hope so. But I think they're going to have to – I mean we're going to get the explanation of what happened to Clara and Missy, although we already have presumed what's happened to Clara yeah. and Missy. I mean that's, that's something that's come about. But I, I really feel like this was a fantastic setup for whatever they do. Even if there's oh, a huge yeah. tonal shift, this was a wonderful setup to next week. And I'm so excited to see more. So excited. 
I just love the pacing of the entire episode. Yeah. It just took its there's time. Not a, there's not a way. It, but, didn't, it didn't feel but rushed it doesn't, at all. It doesn't feel rushed, but it doesn't feel slow. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Feel, it doesn't drag. There's no, no moment where there's any downtime. It's just, but but it's paced out really well. Can we, can we talk about the absolute best thing in this episode? Special weapons, though. Like? Well, the second, <laughs> second best, best thing in this episode. <laughs> Davros. Oh. The performance... Who's performing? Do it, like, it's it's the same guy from, from uh, Stolen Earth and yeah. uh, Journeys he, in. Yeah. He, he's. <laughs> I had to do some digging to look it up. And I then love I, I found the. the credits, so. I love the leaning on the hand. I love the fact that he's coming across as though he's very aged. He is dying, and even when he'll put his hand down to do something because he has he, no use of the other hand. Yeah, he, he, this way, and he has yeah, no help, yeah. use of his left hand, so he has to use the right hand. That he's very much so supporting his head. And every time he'll put his hand down to do something, his head would drop as though he has no – he's very weak. He doesn't have the strength to keep, keep his head up, and that's why he rests it on his head. I love the fact that – and we can, we can explain it's probably the, way. the most subtle performance of Davros I've ever seen. That's it. <laughs> but powerful at yes. the same time. We can well, explain that's, why, that's why it's so powerful. We can explain away the, the fact that he's weak, and that's why it's subtle and muted – but I so love the fact that it feels more like Genesis. Yes, Davros. yes it sure does. Well, and, and almost screaming it's not screaming maniacal. maniacal. He You're not right. once raised his voice. He not once did. He's being very calculating and very in the moment. Oh, and he and, and, it feels and very the, much like the Davros big finish yeah. performance. Yeah. The, the the wonderful line where he says, "I approve of your face." It's much more like mine now. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and when he. When the doctor's pleading with him, don't let them kill Clara, and he says, "I'm merely their creator. I don't control them." And I, oh, that there is are so there's so much Davros. Every, every, every Davros so line Davros. in this is golden, and that one in particular speaks volumes about how the fact that he's kind of finally come around to acknowledging how <laughs> oh, he's come to grips with I don't have any control <laughs> because old Davros would have been like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go, and you will obey me," and he'd scream at them, yeah. and then they would exterminate him, and then they'd come back for him again. And he's he's kind of come to grips with the fact that I, yeah, I've wound them up and turned them loose. But everything he says from, you know, you're dreaming, Master. I'm not. I'm anticipating. You know, and he's yep. got the Sonic, or yeah, the the lines on your face, or the I, I feel I still feel I was right to create yep. the dialogue. Yeah. So you you were so wrong. This is an old argument. We've yep. had it before. Yep. And so it <laughs> just well, every even, single step. Even the line when you end. brought me to Scaro and he says, of course, I come home to, to die with my children. Or, or, or somebody else says, an old man yeah. where else does an old man go to but die with his, with his children. children? But with his children. And but, then the final line of him about compassion and how he's going to prove him wrong. <laughs> when... So we, we, we've gone through all this stuff, and that rolling thunderclap from the beginning is still reverberating through this yeah. whole thing. And then we get to the an old argument, one we've had since the beginning, and he pushes the button. And there's Tom! And there's Tom! <laughs> holding the two pieces of wire. Ah. And he oh. says, when he says the line about... If someone were able to, <laughs> someone were able to tell you the future, and they could tell you that a, a child would become a dictator and create it, mean, oh, oh my gosh! And I thought this setup from the very beginning <laughs> with the dilemma that Davros is in as a child, and now the twelfth Doctor, the Doctor, is about to. Fulfill a self prophecy about himself that we didn't see coming for forty <laughs> years. 
Oh my gosh! It the, 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 as we've, the, the, the magnitude of that moment, and it's not just the wires. That was that was that was fan service. Was here's the moment. We all know where we're going to. With oh this. yeah, it's it was, it was the, the previous line that. But it's the next line when he goes. If say someone shows you a child, yeah, and my yeah. jaw hit my lap yes. again That's, because uh, I'd forgotten. Honestly, I, I, I actually oh had remembered that gosh. line. After the cold open, like during the credits, that's what flashed through my mind was that line. Just. My heart sunk. My heart sunk because I thought, oh, I know where this is going. I know. And and, and now we've all been, I'm I'm teetering back and forth on the edge of super excited and super dread because the doctor has even said it himself. Could you then kill that child? And there's I, I I live in abject terror until next week when we find out is he going to do it is he yeah, going because to by ending to... with that scene because I really thought when when Clara died and the doctor's pawn at the door trying to get out or seemingly died he's, <laughs> I thought that was going to be the that was going to be it that was going to be the cliffhanger and then we go so far as to go into that next oh uh, and we've destroyed the TARDIS yeah when the TARDIS is gone yeah. and so now we we. Show back up with Davros as a child and pleading for him to come back. And then he's now behind him and he turns around and he, you promised to help me. You promised. And he, well, I'm going to save my, he promised to save me. And he says, I'm going to save my friend. And he pulls that <laughs> gun up from remembrance, by the way, or uh, revelation. No, remembrance. Not no. remembrance. Not Before remembrance. That. Not remembrance. Not resurrection. 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 <laughs> the gun from resurrection. Yeah. That uh, what's his name was uh, running around with Peter Davis. Yeah, no, um, the well, other Peter guy. Davidson well, Peter Davison does pick it up. But what's the what was the guy's name that? Oh, Litton. Litton. Litton's yeah. holding. You're know, running around with, and it's that gun, and he points it at him, and oh my gosh, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's the best cliffhanger ever, right there. <laughs> it's like that was so good. That's something else that tonally, we, that you talked about with the, the feel of this episode, the fact that we've ended on a cliffhanger. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Doctor Who is back, man. So much good (laughs) in this. So much good in this. And I I loved uh, some of the comments that have been coming out that I've been seeing. And and, uh, my favorite, I think, is somebody who said, so now I know what classic Who fans went through in the wilderness years. You mean i got (laughs) to wait until next week for this to come back? (laughs) Not even the wilderness years. In the heyday of Doctor Who, (laughs) when you had to wait from... Week to week. Oh, incredible. Um, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, funny you should mention pat that. Pat on your back. Yeah. Pat on the back. Um, <laughs> with, with the, the advent, of course, we, we still have yet to post the schedule, so nobody will believe me, but it is at least done out. For We've the next seen it. Week. Keith and I can verify that he called this. Um, suspecting that uh, Davros would be making a, a return in these uh, episodes. Next week's Friday Night Who is appropriately enough. The last time we saw Davros on the show. So we're going to do Stolen Earth Journeys in with David Tennant. So that is our Friday Night Who. If anybody wants to join me this week for a rewatch of Genesis of the Daleks 2, <laughs> I think I'll be doing that sometime this week. I'll tweet that out. Let everybody know. I almost went with Destiny. Just because it was a Davros episode. But, that we uh, haven't done in a long time. We, and we haven't done that one in a while. But we, Yeah, but this was so... From it's very line, tied in with Genesis. From that line, it's oh, so yeah. tied in. Well, I'll tell you, I, I'm probably going to have to put Halloween watching on hold this week because <laughs> I really considered going back and pulling out my Dalek episodes and watching 
The Daleks, which is a long one, seven parts. But watching The Daleks, at least watching Genesis, I, I'd like to get more of them in between there because I have a feeling we're going to get a few more castbacks and surprises. But definitely do Genesis. I even thought about maybe throwing in, even though it's, it's some, for some it's a stinker, but um, Destiny. I love Destiny. I love Destiny, too. I enjoy Destiny. Um, I've also even considered to go do the three R's before we get back, before we even get to Journey's End. Hmm. Or... <laughs> Uh, stolen planet. Once Genesis. Davros was revealed in the episode, like during the commercial breaks while we were fast forwarding, I was thinking to myself because I couldn't remember what you had put for Friday Night Who. I thought <laughs> yeah. to myself, I think tonight because I need to stay up anyways because I'm still on the overnight. I'm going to rewatch Journey's End and Stolen Earth Journey's End before I rewatch this episode. And then now that that's on Friday Night Who, I didn't do that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I planned it ahead for you. Um, so Stolen Earth Journey's End on uh, the Friday Who. And, of course, uh, for those of you that maybe joined us uh, at TopCon for uh, The Rescue with William Hartnell, this is something that we do every week. Every Friday night at midnight, we watch an episode. The benefit to you is that this is a David Tennant episode, which means it's on Netflix and readily available and easy to join. Or you may already own it on or DVD. Or you may already own it on DVD or Blu-ray. So definitely jump on and uh, remember hashtag Friday Night Who. Um, the show next week, we will be discussing the continuation of this story, the which is familiar, with... Uh, an added bonus for you that we are going to do a non-spoilery review of a book that we'll be releasing yes. this week. Uh, we're covering uh, Lethbridge Stewart, the Schizoid. 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 The Schizoid Earth, which is uh, going to be released, and uh, the, the good folks over at uh, uh, Candy Jar. Right, yeah, Candy Jar Publishing. publishing uh, we're, we're good enough to get us a copy of that. So yes, and we want to thank you guys very much yeah. so for for getting us a, a review copy of this because it gives us a little bit of a, a jump on being able to do this right near the release, which the release is Wednesday. Is that correct? I believe or is it, it is, Thursday. Yes. I can't remember for sure exactly. It's this week. It's for this sure. week. Sorry, this week. So you'll be a... possibly Friday. Oh, is Isn't it? it the could 25th? be twenty fifth. That could be right, yeah. So It's this week. It'll be right on the heels of this <laughs> releasing. So we're yeah. going to try to do a spoiler-free review, but we want to get this on the schedule and get this you know, put on there, get some maybe generation. And, and for those that want to read it, book. it will be next month's Goodreads Book Club book. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay, good. I've already arranged it with Holly. Nice job. Um, of course, we'll have to wait a little bit longer to do an official full-blown review on it because well, we're in the middle of Season 9 now. Yeah. We've got to go up all the way until... Well, uh, at that point, we just have to... Review the spoilery things, <laughs> so it could get squeezed in there. We'll have to, we'll have to go through December, or maybe I don't know. We'll work that in. But just wanted to give you guys a heads up that that'll be coming uh, next week as well, and then the rest of the schedule will be posted by the time you listen to this, so, uh, at least through maybe through the end of series nine. I don't know for sure if we'll go that far <laughs> out. I may I may want to hedge my bets a little bit on the finale, but uh, we think we've got some good stuff lined up. I believe so. so. Uh, one other quick item of note is um, if you enjoyed uh, what you saw at TopCon, would like more Who stuff, come and join us at Time Eddy uh, down in Wichita. We've got two weeks to go for that one. So uh, it's all Doctor Who, not so much everything else. <laughs> and come, come and buy your tickets. And if you were at TopCon and you live in Topeka and you want to come see us again, we will be making a brief appearance at Slash and Bash next weekend. At On the, Saturday. Uh, Boom Comics here in town. That's at the uh, near the corner of twenty. 20- First engage. Twenty first engage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Seabird Shopping Center. Yep. And uh, we want to. I, I touch base with uh, Boom Comics, and they're ecsti- ecstatic. They're excited that we're going to come and, and have some representation there as well. So, and thanks to Keith for inviting. Not our Keith, but Keith. Uh, other Keith. Other Keith. Yes, other Keith <laughs> for inviting us. Um, 
And anybody that joined us again, I think Sean said this at the beginning, but for all those people that joined us at TopCon, thank you. And if you're listening now because of that, welcome and, and thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure if you are a longtime listener or a new listener that you uh, do check out our website, www.travelingthevortex.com. That's where this uh, podcast is actually hosted from. And there are some links for um, that you can help us the, the show out with. Patreon is our first and foremost one because uh, if you're a patron subscriber, a lot of that all that money goes right to us and to support this show and, and keep this podcast on the uh, Internet, <laughs> almost said airwaves, Internet. Uh, we also have some sponsored links that we'd like to click through. And if you'd like to buy something, some of that goes to uh, this podcast as well. Is that going to do it for this week? I believe so. Yep. All right. Then until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.